0: Welcome back to the Sharp 600 brought to you by covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 151 of the podcast Your College Football Week 12 Spectacular. Outstanding to have you with us as always. We will head to Las Vegas in just a moment to visit with Jonathan Von Tobel. You can catch him on the Vegas Stats and Information Network based out of vegas but on the weekends he's working with my man mike lombardi in atlantic city he's all over the place he is going to help us make sense of what i'm calling look ahead weekend we've got your upset alert on the horizon we've got college football picks on the horizon but given how special the situation is we begin with thursday night nfl football Seattle laying three against the Green Bay Packers. Now, you may be asking why we're talking about the NFL on the College Football Podcast. Very rare that this happens. However, welcome back to the mother of all spots. Thursday, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 5.20 p.m. Pacific CenturyLink Field. Tonight, Thursday night, marks just the 15th time since 1994 that the following situation will occur. And for those of you who have been riding with this podcast from the beginning, you are well aware of tonight. You have circled this game on the calendar because we've been telling you about it since last April. So again, tonight, the 15th time since 1994 that a Thursday night road team off a Sunday game will be traveling 1,500 or more miles across two time zones. Now, it sounds convoluted. And you can put weight behind it or not. But in the previous 14 instances in which this situation has occurred since 1994, the road team, which in this case is the Green Bay Packers, is 1 in 13 straight up, 1 12 and 1 against the spread. Not only that, Aaron Rodgers, 1 in 3 lifetime at CenturyLink Field. Now I've got these two teams power rated damn near even. But when you factor in Seattle's home field advantage during a prime time showdown, you got to make the Seahawks, at least in my opinion, favorites of anywhere from minus four to minus five and a half. So based on the fact that they're only going to be laying three here combined with the home field advantage, which when Seattle was in its heyday back around the Legion of Boom era coming off the Super Bowl, I talked to a couple bookmakers when I was living in Vegas. They said that Seattle at CenturyLink during a primetime game could be worth as many as six points. You factor all that in, granted, this isn't the same Seahawks team, but they're a good team, as good as the Packers, in my opinion, at the very least. You factor all that in, plus the mother of all spots, we'll be laying the three with Seattle on Thursday night. <coughs> now, seeing as how this is our college football episode of the week, welcome to the Upset Alert. Now 5-5 five and five on the season after we lost with Wisconsin plus 9 last Saturday when the Badgers fell 22-10 to 10 at Penn State. We got to put that one in the rearview mirror. We look to Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, Jordan-Hare Stadium in Alabama where the Liberty Flames are catching 28.5 at Auburn. Now, just because the college football schedule is devoid of marquee matchups this weekend, does not mean the slate is devoid of marquee betting spots. Welcome to what I deemed earlier as look-ahead weekend, where big-time programs all around the country better stay focused on the task at hand, the task in front of them, rather than what awaits next weekend. Case in point, Gus Malzahn's Auburn Tigers, who will take the field Saturday against little thought of Liberty just seven days before their annual Iron Bowl showdown, with top-ranked Alabama. Now, the goal for Malzahn and company on Saturday is simple. Get a win. Don't put anything flashy on tape for Nick Saban to dissect. And get out healthy. Not the most complicated of missions, but one that could prove to be challenging if the Tigers attempt to cover a massive 28 and half point spread. Remember, during his time at Auburn, Malzahn is just 1-3 against the spread the week before playing Alabama. With that in mind... Give us the Flames plus 28 and a half in this week's Upset Alert. All right, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Now, they're going to start eh, odd, and then they're going to get more and more obvious. Do you like monkeys with knives? Like I said, hmm, this is intriguing, but perhaps a bit odd. Do you like sports gaming? Now we're starting to warm up. Do you like winning money? Now we're there then check out monkeyknifefight.com. That's monkeyknifefight.com. It's the new 100% legal gaming site that everybody's talking about. They have dozens of games and chances to win. Games like Over Under, where you win if you nail two player-based props or hit five props and the winning's even bigger. So play now. Enter the promo code COVERS and get a $5 free game and an exclusive Instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's the promo code covers. And if you go into the bio of this podcast, the link is right there. Click the link, use the promo code covers. Boom. That's monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com. I'm not playing for the thrill of victory here. I'll rent alimony, child support. I play for money. He's the host of betting across America on the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Sirius XM channel 204. You can also follow him on Twitter at me, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, joining us here on the Sharp 600. Jonathan, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join me on the podcast today. Man, what's going on?
1: Oh, man, no problem. Uh, you know, I am, I'm a listener of the podcast. I enjoy your work, Joe, <laughs> and uh, it is an honor to come on uh, for the first time, and hopefully... Uh, A couple more times, too, but I enjoy the work and I appreciate the time that you've taken to have me on today.
0: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Before we jump into uh, NFL Thursday night football and some big college football games this weekend, how's everything going in Atlantic City? I love the fact that Vegas, uh, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, they've got you in AC at the Oceans Resort with my guy, Michael Lombardi. I used to work with him back in the day at the National Football Post. Uh, What's the turnout like for sports betting in Jersey?
1: Uh, it's it's actually great, man, uh, especially, of course, on the days where Philly plays. You know, I, I'm new to the whole East Coast geography and, you know, areas of support and pockets of support for certain teams. Uh, when the Eagles play, uh, bar none, it is absolutely nuts. Uh, that book is completely packed, and it's only about 45 minutes east of Philadelphia. Uh, but overall, it, it's huge, and it's funny because uh, I was somewhat naive to the fact that people are, you know, not as educated to sports betting. You know, I grew up in Las Vegas, I've been around sports books my entire life. And there's a curiosity, like a genuine curiosity. I'll be stopped three or four times in a book asking what a parlay is. How do I do this? How do I do that? Uh, But the appetite's there. Uh, The support is really there. These books are packed every single time. And as you get closer and closer, if you watch the show on the weekends or if you listen, you can hear in the background every day we get closer to kickoff. You know, there's more buzz. There's more excitement. It's a great, great environment. I'm really surprised about just the turnout every single weekend at the ocean. It's a fabulous, uh, fabulous venue. And the people are, are awesome when it comes to sports betting. And, you know, the, the support for their teams may be a little bit more vulgar oh, <laughs> than yeah. I've seen in Las Vegas books, but uh, it's great, man. It's really great.
0: Dude, I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I grew up as an Eagles fan. I know exactly what you're talking about. I do not refute anything you are saying. Let me ask you this. Fun fact. Did you know that Atlantic City was the model for the game Monopoly?
1: No, I did not. I, I did not know that at all. Actually, all uh, right. So I, ne- I need to brush up on my Jersey and just Atlantic City history. I had no idea.
0: Next time you're in, because you're there every weekend for the shows, take a look at the street names: Marvin Gardens, Park Place, the Boardwalk. All that stuff from the game is modeled after Atlantic City.
1: Oh, I'm definitely going to check that out now. I like that. No, that is uh, fantastic. So that's something I could add. and I'm actually going to steal that and use it on the show. I'll give you full credit, but I'm going to steal that and use it on the show this weekend. Dude, have fun with it. But now
0: that you'll see all the street names as you're close to the casinos, it's going to enlighten you to everything. All all of it's there. It's the first time you notice it. It's actually pretty cool. And so ends my useless information uh, for the podcast. Let's jump into um, tonight's Thursday night game before we do college. Seattle laying three against Green Bay. I'm a huge fan of Seattle in this spot. I think Green Bay is a somewhat overrated football team. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, they have very little. The the coaching is outdated. The defense is mediocre at best. I think if you put these two teams on a neutral, a pick would be easy. But to only give Seattle three for home field advantage at CenturyLink in a primetime game, I think that's a bit short. That's one of the key reasons I like the Seahawks. Am I wrong here? What are you thinking about tonight's
1: game? No, I completely agree, and I think Seattle's got the makeup to do everything they want to Green Bay that would work against them. They have a running game. Uh, I believe they're either second or third right now in terms of a percentage run plays called the Seattle Seahawks. They've been running the ball at a really high clip this year. The offensive line is so much more improved. Russell Wilson has been on a tremendous run, so I think they have the personnel to run the ball, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. I was somewhat disappointed a couple weeks ago against the Chargers. The Chargers really uh, took that secondary to task. But for the most part, I- I'm with you. Uh, back at home, of course, a short week, they can run the ball down Green Bay's throat, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Uh, I do like it. And two and a half, obviously, is what the number that you wanted. But I think in this spot here against the Green Bay Packers team defensively that has a lot of issues, especially trying to stop that run game, uh, I would completely agree with you. I think the Seattle Seahawks would probably decide here to play against the Green Bay Packers team that really is just kind of holding on for dear life. And, and the one strand that they have is is Aaron Rodgers keeping them in all of these games.
0: All right. One thing you're hearing about the college football card this weekend is that it's pretty much devoid of marquee matchups. For me, I don't mind, and I don't think you do either, because we're looking for marquee betting spots, not marquee matchups necessarily. Now, we get all the big rivalry games next week, so for me, this weekend is all about these look-ahead spots. Alabama with a soft game, Auburn with a soft game, Ohio State, Michigan. How much are you factoring that into your capping this week?
1: I'm factoring it in uh, for the most part. I think it's kind of tricky, and I'm glad we're talking about this because I think look-ahead spots, for the most part, I don't want to say they don't exist, but when you look at teams like like West Virginia is a great example of a look-ahead spot, right? They have to take on Oklahoma State, but they have Oklahoma on the other side, potentially one of two matchups that they'll have with the Sooners. But I think when you have teams like that, when you have a team like Notre Dame, a team like Michigan, who are in essentially these look-ahead spots, but also still in the running for a college football playoff berth, they know that every single opponent is extremely important and that they have to not only maybe have style points, but they have to take care of business against them. So I think it's spots like that, where you look at some of these teams that are involved with college football playoff and have college football playoff aspirations. I don't want to say I necessarily throw the look ahead spot out the window, but I think they're less prone to looking ahead because they know how important each and every single one of these games are now games like you mentioned, like Alabama, the Citadel, uh, they could care less about what's going on that game. They know that they have Auburn squarely in their sights and they're essentially locked into the college football playoff. Uh, unless they stumble against Auburn and Georgia in the SEC championship game and get two losses, which I think you and I both agree probably won't happen. So in those kind of spots, I would agree and definitely look at maybe a look at spots when it's these SEC cupcake spots. But When it comes to teams with college football playoffs aspirations, I, I've been kind of taking it with a grain of salt because I think that these teams really do have uh, their sights focused every single week on their opponent that week, and I think West Virginia has been a great example. Last week against TCU, you get the one-point dramatic win over Texas, and then you absolutely run roughshod over TCU in a spot that screamed like a letdown. And now, again, you have to go and take on Oklahoma State with Oklahoma on the other side. And I just think these teams, with bursts on the college football playoff on the line, I think they're going to be hyper-focused uh, week to week.
0: All right, Notre Dame laying 10-and-a-half against Syracuse. The game's going to be played at Yankee Stadium. Dino Babers has done an amazing job with the Syracuse program. Eric Dungy is a seasoned veteran senior quarterback. Do you see the orange hanging with the Irish here?
1: I uh, actually, I like Notre Dame at nine. It's up to ten and a half now. So obviously I don't think you want to weigh that number because it's gotten a little bit out of whack. But the thing that gets me to Syracuse is defensively. I don't know if I really like this team uh, over the last five games. They've given up a 33.8 points per game an average of 458 yards per game. A listless Louisville team even had 413 yards against them. Uh, Secondary is 108th in total passing defense in the country. They've given up 261 yards to the air. And you look at the fighting Irish, what I like the most about him is there was the scare with Ian Book in terms of the injury, but almost immediately when they told you that he was missing last week's game against Florida State, he was going to be ready for this Syracuse game. So I don't think the rib injury is really that serious. Uh, we know how great Book has been in terms of completion percentage, 74%. Uh, he was sixth in passing efficiency before that Florida State game, 169.96. And for the season, over 1,800 yards of the year, and he's got 19 total touchdowns. I think this Irish team offensively is a very good team. I think they can take advantage of a Syracuse team defensively that has not really been great and is opportunistic. They got 25 turnovers on the season. So book is going to have to really take care of the football, but really, which is surprising underrated aspect of this Irish team is that defense and mainly that defensive line, but the defense overall has been spectacular. They've allowed one passing touchdown in the last four games. They're second in college football for yards allowed for passing attempt. Just 5.3 yards allowed for passing attempt over that span. They haven't allowed more than 27 points in a single game. And I just feel like on both sides of the ball, when I saw Notre Dame minus 9, I liked it there at 10.5. Again, you're losing out uh, on that number. But I I liked the Irish in this spot against Syracuse. And I just don't think defensively they have enough, the Orange, to stack up against this Irish uh, passing attack. And on top of that, uh, defensively, they're a really underrated club, Notre Dame. Stanford
0: laying two at California. The Golden Bears have not beaten the Cardinal since 2009, but Justin Wilcox has a hell of a defense at Cal. Is this the year that streak comes to an end?
1: Yeah, I I would think so. And you talk about Cal defense. Cal has been spectacular. And it's a train that I've kind of been riding uh, for the last couple weeks. And they put up a great performance last week against Southern Cal, getting that win 15 to 14. You look at what they've done defensively, uh, top three or four, at the very least, in the Pac-12. But the thing that gets you, and I think they're kind of starting to get away with it, is the dueling quarterback system. I don't like it. You can't be going back and forth uh, between quarterbacks. Stick with one guy, and I think they have found the answer there. And I think at home, catching points, now two, against Stanford, a team that really I think has been disappointing, although they've covered their last two games. But they've lost two out of three. They had a stretch where they lost four out of five. uh, Against this defense and Cal, who is playing at a really high level right now, I don't know if I want to bet against the Golden Bears, and especially when they're catching points at home. And I think, Cal, I think this is the year to back the Golden Bears.
0: You mentioned them earlier, West Virginia laying four and a half at Oklahoma State. For me, the Cowboys can be a tough team to figure out, especially if they get a home primetime game. I mean, they looked great against Texas in the first half, and then they've stumbled in some of the easier spots or at least perceived easier spots. And then they hung with Oklahoma really tight. Do you see West Virginia getting it done this weekend?
1: Uh, I kind of do. I mean, and this is kind of along the lines of those letdown spots we were talking about. How is this not a letdown spot for the Cowboys? You go for two at the end of the game uh, against Oklahoma. You're a 21- or 20-point dog against the Sooners. You take them down to the final play, and the Sooners actually make a defensive stand on two-point conversion. You lose the game. Uh, And now you have to take on West Virginia, who, again, is one of these teams who has college football playoff aspirations, uh, has to definitely win out to have a shot to make it into the brackets. Uh, But you're also taking on a Mountaineers team, which is quietly one of the better ones in the Big 12. They allow 5.23 yards per play, 354 yards per game, and just uh, 20.8 points per contest. You mentioned how up and down uh, Oklahoma State has been, and one of the big issues has been defense, namely the secondary. Uh, They give up 7.49 yards per attempt, 12 yards per completion. Uh, They've given up 20 touchdowns through the air, which is not going to be a recipe for success, against Greer in this West Virginia offense. And by the way, a sneakily balanced offense as well, because they could run the ball uh, with the best of them, the Mountaineers. So I think in this one, and and what gets me too about this one is, and granted last week that number was out of whack with Oklahoma laying 20 points uh, against Oklahoma State with that offense and the fact that they can't stop anybody. Uh, but it just seems to me this West Virginia team is being really underrated. I was talking with John Murray, the Westgate director over there here in Las Vegas. Uh, He's got about uh, seven and a half or seven to six and a half point spread West Virginia, Oklahoma on a neutral. I just think this Mountaineers team is really being undervalued at this point. Uh, If you can lay now four and a half, which the number has come down because I think people are expecting this to be a letdown spot, but I think West Virginia has got all, like all the horses pointed forward and they're ready to go and they want to win every single game possible. And on top of that, these, some of these college playoff teams, like Washington State, I think is one of them, uh, they need style points. And if they're going to get this big win in Stillwater as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, you're not. I don't think they're going to let off the gas. Now, you're going to get Justice Hill playing for the Cowboys. It's going to help, at least in terms of pushing this total over. But I do like the Mountaineers here, and you're getting about four-and-a-half points to lay, which is better than the opening five. I'm going to take West Virginia
0: depending on where you look, Texas is lying either the full field goal or two and a half against Iowa State. This Cyclones team needs to be respected. Now, David Montgomery, the starting running back, is out for the first half, but these kids can play. They've played with everybody this year. They've handed West Virginia their only loss of the season, and that was a butt kicking. What do you see happening with Texas, Iowa State?
1: Uh, I think you got to take a look at the Cyclones. They have been absolutely untouchable. Five consecutive wins, or six and one straight up over the last seven. Uh, but you look at those five straight wins, and the common denominator is Brock Purdy. He has been great since he's emerged as their starting quarterback. He has just two interceptions and in taking over. Hasn't thrown one since October 13th, the game you mentioned, in the butt-kicking over West Virginia. He's got 15 total scores to his name. He's completed at least 69% of his passes at four of his five starts. Uh, Purdy has really been uh, the force that has pushed them forward during this win streak. You mentioned you know, David Montgomery in the first half. I don't know if that leads them off to a slow start, and maybe you look at a first-half play here uh, with Texas, but I think if you look at the Longhorns, this role in terms of being a favorite, because we all know about how great Herman is uh, as an underdog. He's been fantastic, and even this year, they're and one against the spread when closing as a dog, but they close as a favorite Texas has in seven games this year. They're 2-5 against the spread in that role, so they haven't been great as a favorite. They're better and more comfortable when they're underdogs, this is a team in Iowa State that is absolutely red hot and this is the best defense in the Big 12. They held West Virginia just 14 points in that win. They've allowed 17 points over the last 2 weeks granted Kansas and Baylor, but they're the best statistical defense in terms of scoring total, defense rushing and yards per play, 4.94 uh, yards allowed per play in the Big 12. Uh, I want to back that defense and the team that is red hot against a team that hasn't been favorable in that favorite role and Texas defense has not been great. Uh, that defense has allowed 114 points the last three games. Their offense has scored 117. So they're 1-2 in the last three games, but they've outscored uh, their opponents 117-114. to 114. So uh, I think this is going to be a spot where maybe Iowa State keeps rolling. I'll take the points with the Cyclones against a team that hasn't been great as a favorite.
0: Washington State and Mike Leach have been a tremendous story this season, both inside the Pac-12 and outside from a, a national perspective. They're going to lay a big number, 10.5 at Arizona. They are so close, so close to possibly working their way into the college football playoff, do you see a letdown possibly coming, or is this Cougars team the real deal?
1: No, I, I think this Cougars team is the real deal, and it's funny because everybody really focuses on this team's offense, which they should. Right, seventeenth in terms of the national rank for scoring. Gardner Minshew has done an absolutely phenomenal job. The offensive line, now granted, it's a lot of quick passes, uh, but has protected Minshew very well, averaging giving up just zero point seven sacks per game. So this offense has been humming along; they have been fantastic. But defensively, Washington State has been great. Uh, Colorado, granted, in the midst of a losing streak, you hold the Buffs uh, on the road to just seven points. Uh, You did, of course, give up 38 to Stanford, but that was a huge letdown spot after that emotional win against Oregon, in which you dominated the Ducks uh, in the first half and kind of let them get back in in the second half. Uh, I think when I look at this Washington State team, I really like to focus on this defense. At the worst, their fourth in the Pac-12, but they're still a top-30 defense in terms of scoring uh, in the nation. They only give up 5.05 yards per play. And on top of that, you have an offense uh, that can average 6.23 yards per play. And this is another team that I think falls into the category. Yes, they have the Apple Cup on the other side with Washington. But you mentioned, I mean, they're on the verge right now of making it into a college football playoff. And if any team really needs style points, it's going to be Washington State. And I think in this spot against Arizona, Uh, An Arizona team that, granted, has played a little bit better. Uh, They've covered three in a row. They've won two in a row. uh, But the win comes over an Oregon Ducks team, which really has just lost its way at this point. Uh, And then you got the win over the sliding Colorado Buffaloes as well but those back on the second. So they're coming off of a bye, but I think that this Washington State team uh, has their sights set on something bigger. They need style points in a big way every single week from here on out. And I don't know if I want to get in front of the best ATS team in college football, uh, being the Washington State Cougars. It's a big number. Maybe see if you can get 10 uh, because there's still 10s out there. But I don't know how you go against uh, Washington State at this point.
0: Before I let you go, is there anything else on the card that's caught your eye for Saturday?
1: Uh, no, we really went over. Washington, uh, excuse me. West Virginia was really one of the more uh, curious games uh, that I had on my radar, and and actually Cincinnati Central four to two. And actually, well, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on this if you have anything. Just because looking at this game, I think the Bearcats uh, are going to be like a really kind of sexy underdog pick. Um, but if you look at just the overall schedule and what they've done up to this point, they're one and three against the spread over the last four games. So maybe I'm starting to think they're starting to get a little bit overvalued by the market because they're not covering some of these big numbers. Oh, they that just missed with. it
0: against South Florida last week. I was on that side. They got down yeah. late. They were there, and then they got the five-yard penalty that backed them up, and they obviously weren't going to try to get in at that point, and it all fell apart. They they played a much better second half last week, but I think you're right. They may be a bit overvalued by this point.
1: Yeah, and so I, and looking at the Central Florida team, I mean, over the last 22 games, they've been amazing. Uh, You look, 22-12-1 against the spread since 2016. I'm just curious. I'm not going to have a play in this game, but I'm curious to see where this game ends up because I think just looking overall, everything, like Cincinnati, the defense numbers are great. The best offense they've played is Ohio, 10th in yards per play in the country, and that's really it. And so I'm wondering if this defense has been putting up numbers against bad offenses. The schedule has been great, and I'm just curious to see what Central Florida is going to do in this spot here against the Bearcats. Check him out on the Vegas Stats
0: and Information Network where he's hosting... Betting Across America, SiriusXM Channel 204. Jonathan Von Tobel joining us here on the Sharp 600. Dude, I really appreciated that conversation, man. Great stuff. Thank you so much for your time, and best of luck this weekend.
1: Hey, man, anytime. Uh, I love college football. It's been a great season, so uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. If you have me on again, I'm looking forward to it. I would be more than happy to.
0: I'll definitely be reaching out during bowl season. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. This son of All night he chick chick chick, he trapped me. All good things must come to an end, as they say. And after a two-week stretch in which we went nine and one against the spread with our college football picks, last week saw us drop to one and four. No sense fretting about the past. Four more picks coming your way. We begin right now. Game number one, Syracuse, catching 10 and a half against Notre Dame, Saturday, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific, Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. For as loaded as this Notre Dame roster is, don't sleep on the job Dino Babers has done with this Syracuse program this season, which is 8-2 straight up and and 7-3-1 against the spread. With its only two losses coming on the road at Clemson by just four points and at Pittsburgh the following week by only seven points. Syracuse hasn't missed a cover in any of its last five non-conference games, but the real key here is the fact that the Orange compete at the highest level on a weekly basis, thanks in part to senior quarterback Eric Dungy, who is one of the most exciting players in the country. This one is more of a gut feeling than anything else. I see a tight matchup. I see a razor-thin final score. So in that case, give me the 10 and a half with a live dog in Syracuse. Game number two, Michigan hosting Indiana. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. Saturday, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, Michigan Stadium, a.k.a. the Big House. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh finally has a team worthy of the college football playoff, but he also knows next Saturday at the Horseshoe in Columbus is the biggest game of his four-year tenure in Ann Arbor. So with that in mind, Saturday against Indiana is all about survival without showcasing anything special that may be in the oven for the Buckeyes. Here's where the look-ahead angle gets interesting. With Harbaugh at the helm of the Michigan program the week before playing Ohio State, the Wolverines and their opponents are combining to average a grand total of just 36 points per game. Check it out. The three years Harbaugh has been at Michigan the week before playing Ohio State – His team and the opponent combined to average 36 points per game. It's uncanny. Very little offense from Michigan. Very solid defense from Michigan, which leads me to this. Michigan's defense over the last four weeks holding the opposition to just 8.5 points per game. That is insane. Run the football and survive. We're playing the under on 53 and a half total points. Game number three, my backyard. It's California plus two hosting Stanford Saturday, 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific, California Memorial Stadium. Stanford has won every game in this rivalry since 2009, but that streak ends on Saturday. Cal's defense is no joke. Having spent the last four weeks holding Oregon State to seven points, Washington to 10 points, Washington State to 19 points, and USC to just 14 points last Saturday. Additionally, The Bears have covered the number in four straight, while Stanford is just 5-11 against the spread over its last 16 games following a point spread cover, which indicates David Shaw's program just can't string them together. I don't see the Cardinal offense figuring out Justin Wilcox's defense on Saturday as the Bears are going to win this game outright. Game number four, Iowa State plus three at Texas. Saturday, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium. Y'all know I am a huge Tom Herman fan, but in 2018, I'm an even bigger Iowa State supporter. This Cyclones team is no joke, as evidenced by its five-game winning streak that features victories over Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Texas Tech, to name just a few. Additionally, the Cyclones have covered the number in five of their last six outings and are on an ultra-impressive 9-1-1 run against the spread over their last 11 road dates. Texas has dropped two of its last three, and has covered just one spread since October 7th. Take the three with Iowa State and sprinkle a little on the money line while you're at it. To recap, your upset alert is Liberty plus 28.5 at Auburn. Your four picks, Syracuse plus 10.5 against Notre Dame, Michigan, Indiana under 53.5 total points, California plus two hosting Stanford, Iowa State plus three at Texas. That is a wrap for this week's installment of our College Football Sharp 600. Thank you for your continued support, everybody. Be well and best of luck.